0: Hello, and welcome to the Shifting Culture Podcast, in which we have conversations about the culture we create and the impact we can make. I'm your host, Joshua Johnson. Go to shiftingculturepodcast.com to interact or donate. Previous guests have included Rich Robinson, Neil Cole, and Mary Ho, and you could go back and listen to those episodes and more. But today's guest is Kath Livesey. Kath leads Accessible Prophecy, working with churches across the world to develop a healthy and mature prophetic culture that both resources discipleship and empowers mission. She is the author of My Sheep Have Ears and the Prophecy Course. Kath and I have a really good conversation around building a prophetic culture, hearing God's voice, and becoming friends with the Holy Spirit. Here's the conversation. Kath, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for coming. I'm really excited to have you on.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here yeah
0: um have you had any any god moments lately in your life
1: oh gosh well (laughs) in some ways i feel like i have god moments every day yeah kind of little um one of the things that well yeah. Um, so I, just dialing back a little bit. So I try and create space every December to do like a, a mini retreat. And yeah. I don't go anywhere because, you know, there's too much else going on. But um, we've got quite a long garden or, as you'd say, in the States, a backyard. Yeah. And at the bottom of it, uh, I've got a greenhouse. I mean, I love gardening, mm. So you know, certainly in the summer months, it's my favorite space in the world, you know, to be down the bottom of our garden pottering around in the greenhouse. Uh, But what I've done the last few years is use the month of December and just carve out even just half an hour every day to walk down to the bottom of my garden in snow, rain, hail, whatever, freezing temperatures and I'll usually take you know a hot mug of tea and a blanket and a hot water bottle and a thick coat (laughs) and and I'll take I'll take all my journals and I'll just have that space and it's it's just such a great time at the end of the year to do a little bit of yeah looking back but to create that pause ahead of the new year and to get a sense of what God's saying to me me personally me for my ministry and out of that time I then create a well I actually create something like something on a piece of paper that I can stick on my notice board so it's mm-hmm. like very present it's there with all sorts of words and perhaps a little bit of imagery but a sense of yeah a key word for me for the coming year mm-hmm. things that I want to focus on in my own discipleship journey so that's always been wonderful that's always been really really helpful and um and i think one of the key things that god was gently encouraging me to do uh this year is to be even more intentional about prayer Uh, so you know one of my key words for this year is prayer I mean you know I I think obviously prayer is vital for every disciple of Jesus you know Uh, I'm not you know saying anything new there but I think that intentionality and so I'm you know I I set aside certain times in my day Mm -hmm. where I try and stop whatever I'm doing and I'll pause and I'll pray and I've got certain um key things i'm praying for at those times i've got crafted prayers that's something that i've Mm. been doing this year actually just asking the holy spirit what are the very words you want me to pray yeah about this issue about this person you know really hearing god for the very words to pray knowing that Mm. you know the bible says that jesus is interceding for us the holy spirit's interceding for us so how can i make sure the words i'm praying are aligned with what heaven is praying Mm. yeah so i'm writing these these crafted prayers down and then using these moments of pause throughout the day to uh, to pray those. But also just to practice the presence of God, you know, just to do that, that time of just... Mm. Lord, thank you for now. Thank you that you're here. Thank you that you're with me. You're always with me and just really engaging in the quiet with the presence of God. Mm-hmm. So they're my God moments. And yeah. I I, I live for those. I mean, there's sometimes my flesh is not willing. Sometimes, yep. you know, my to do list is not is not very willing. But yeah, just carving those times out of my day. It's so life giving um, yeah, th- there's there's always a battle going on, but yeah, that, that 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 they're my God moments.
0: So it's a beautiful thing to do, especially being intentional, and then having those crafted prayers. What does that, that process for you look like to craft prayers to align your prayers with what you know what heaven is praying uh, yeah. for? What you want? What does the process look like?
1: Yeah, well, I'll I'll use an example of a very dear friend of mine um who's in a senior leadership position. Um I won't say who it is, you know, just for confidentiality, but she's been going through Quite a tough time recently, um, seeking to make real decisions about the next stage of her life. So, I, you know, she's one of those people that I am committed to pray for Mm -hmm. long term. But over these last few months, I've been really uh, seeking God. Um, You know, I, I, I sensed a while ago that there was a particular psalm that he gave me. So, Just looking at that psalm, asking the Holy Spirit, okay, which are the particular words and phrases and images and concepts from this psalm that you want me to capture in a a prayer? So I'd probably, the the first thing I'd probably do is just write down a few words, a few thoughts, and then come back to it maybe the next week, just go a little bit deeper You know, try writing out a few sentences. And as I'm doing that, I'm just having that constant connection with the Holy Spirit. Is this right? Have I got Mm. this right? You know, so it's an ongoing process, um, very much just feeling my way, uh, but seeking for those Mm. words that I feel is... Yeah, it is on Heaven's heart for yeah. if I can say that. I don't know how you can say that, but <laughs> yeah, just that, that 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 heaven is already saying, yeah, this is what we're praying for. Yeah. This friend. I want to join in. So it's not an instant thing. And again, it's that intentionality. So I'm carving out a little bit more time, trying to do that on it, like a Thursday afternoon to sit down with my journals, to look at my prayers, you know, having that space. So that's how I've done it um, for, for a friend. And yeah, you know, doing it for family members, uh, writing crafted press for myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it I I it's great. I, I wrote a so last week, um, I wrote a crafted prayer for the ministry that I run accessible mm-hmm. prophecy and that was so joyful uh, just getting a sense of how not just me but the um, you know everybody who's involved with the ministry yeah. can be praying this year for the ministry so mm. that so yeah, it takes time. It takes a while. Yeah. It's intentional, but so much joy to that sense of wow, this is what Jesus <laughs> wants us to be praying. You know, yeah. it's great. I love that.
0: It's it. so so really good to be intentional and to be able to commune with Holy Spirit. You're actually <laughs> having dialogue. You're talking. You're hearing from, and talking to. A lot of times, I think people have a, a, a difficult time uh, to discerning. Whose voice is whose? Um, in the midst of trying to say, okay, God, what are you saying here? Um, mm-hmm. How can I hear your voice? What are some some things that you have found at, in your work that really help people start to discern God's voice?
1: Yeah, absolutely, huge question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I love I love answering this question. There are no really really quick answers. It always starts with our own covenant relationship with God. So knowing who we are as beloved children of our heavenly Mm -hmm. father. So getting ourselves rooted in that truth. And out of that, we, we see that, well, I don't have to strive to hear God. Mm. If God's my heavenly father and I'm his beloved child, then of course he delights to speak to me. He wants to speak to me. So I teach people we don't strive to hear God rather we rest to hear God. Mm. So, you know, we, we just create again, that stillness, that pause, that taking a few breaths, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Um, yeah whatever imagery or words help us, but just to get to that place where we're resting in the love of God. yeah and for some people, that might mean, you know, taking the dog for a walk at, you know in the local park or across the fields. For some of us, it might mean finding that quiet spot in the house, you know a favorite chair or sitting in the garden. You know there are lots of different contexts in which um we can, uh, do that but it's that covenantal piece of knowing who we are and then um out of that yeah I, I think it's, it's interesting because people tend to rush straight away to the guidance piece right you know the the reason I have to hear God is that I have to know whether to to go right or left it's a bit like um mm. we, we call them sat navs over here like um a, what, what what's the device you would call that would tell you which way to go um yeah just
0: we would just use something like google maps or the maps okay. server, I mean. yeah yeah
1: <laughs> but um yeah it, it's getting away from this sense of god as um a gps Right. device or, 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 or something like that but actually the primary reason I, I hear God is because he's my father and he's got wonderful things to mm. say to me you know I'm a parent yeah. and I don't speak to my kids just so that I can tell them what to do primarily I communicate with my kids so I can tell them that I love them I'm cheering them on I'm really proud of them they're doing you know i yeah. just delight in them so much if my only communication with my with uh with my children was to say empty the dishwasher tidy your room make your bed do your homework you know that's not a very functional relationship mm. so it's it's learning actually if I'm going to listen to God am I hearing him for his words of love and yeah when I ask that question it it's so simple and and um fundamental But so many people say, well, I've never actually heard God say that he loves me. (laughs) So, you know, so it's unpacking that and and helping people take steps in that. And, yeah, of course, God wants to tell Mm. us, you know, which way to go. He wants to speak to us for guidance. But it it all has to be based in that parent-child relationship. Uh, It's all about love. Um, it's all about encouragement I think something else I would say and and just yeah that the fact that there are a lot of voices out there so you know there's (laughs) there's the voice of of our own you know minds our own soul there's the voice of social media you know there's the yeah the voice of the devil you know there's all all these voices we we live in such a noisy world Mm. you know there's noise out there all the time 24 7 so how on earth do we discern which is the voice of jesus and again this is a huge question you know we we can spend days weeks years unpacking that but something i i always say to people is listen to the voice that's kind because you know the the voice of jesus it is kind it's full of life it's life-giving yeah it 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 will never cause us to fear Mm. it might sometimes leave us challenged yeah and awestruck but it's never going to lead us, lead us to feeling condemned or fearful. It's never going to lead us away from the presence of God. It's always mm. going to take us more and more into the presence of God. So of all these voices, which is the one that is kind, that's affirming, that mm. is just full of life and truth and joy? And that's the one that's most likely to be the voice of Jesus. So, mm. yeah. So is- good. Yeah, that, that they're just some of the things that, that that's really that,
0: helpful and it's helpful for me it's you know I've been doing my best uh, to try and teach uh, my four-year-old to hear from God um, and so I I ask him times so can just ask and say ask Jesus what he says about you and then ask Jesus what he says about me and oftentimes you know when he does that he's it's all straight to he says he loves me or he says he loves you like it's straight to the he loves you and i i think that's true and i think that's where we want to get to and i think my son you know yes yesterday i was i was playing around with him i said you know who's my favorite son um out of all the sons in the world who's my favorite and he says it's me and i said are you sure it's you Like, it could be anybody else. He said, no, it's me because you love me and you like me. Um, And so he's very sure of that, right? He knows that. He knows that I love him. I like him. I want to be around him. And I think that's where we need to get to in our relationship with God. If we get to this belovedness, we're beloved sons or daughters of God. But it's so difficult to get to being beloved. We mm. have so many thoughts in our minds where we are not worthy. We're unworthy. We are, you know, so far from God. How in the world can He even want to be around us? What are some steps to get us to this place of knowing that we're beloved um, and being confident in the love that God has for us?
1: Yeah, and and just just to say, Joshua, I think you know, I I love what you said about about your son. And and I think for kids it's almost easier learning mm-hmm. how to hear God. So I'm so glad you're teaching him from a young age because kids they um I think by the time you get to an adult, you've accumulated all this stuff, right. all these misconceptions, you know, all this junk. <laughs> um whereas kids it's often so much easier. But yeah, in, in terms of getting getting to that to that place, I think some something that um something that I, I'll often use is the framework of um uh, it's spiritual Children of God versus Spiritual Orphans. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of thinking through our attitudes, our thoughts, our feelings, and where am I still maybe thinking a little bit like an like an orphan? Mm. And the thing about an orphan, it's, you know, they feel they have to strive and work towards, you know, they yeah. have to be people pleasing, they have to try and please God, it's all striving and works. Whereas a child, a beloved child, mm. knows that they're already secure and established in that relationship and they, they yeah. never have to strive to please their, their parents. So I think it is about you know very much needing the holy spirit's help but holy spirit just show me if there's any you know, any mindsets i've got any attitudes mm-hmm. where i i'm you know i i'm not really established in that covenant identity as right. your beloved child and so you know it, it's submitting to the work of the holy spirit because you know this is one of the wonderful things he does in in our lives he wants to um, you know, make us more like Jesus. He wants to grow this belovedness in us. So we have to submit to him. But it's also things like just soaking ourselves in scripture I think as well, it's one of those things that we, we really need community. Uh, we need people helping us do this. We, I think, you know, we, we need we need churches where they see this as as such a key priority. Yeah, um, and I'm very glad that you know I spent the last twenty or so years in a church that you know almost like the fundamental teaching is covenant and kingdom so you know Mm. covenant first we'll be loved children of a perfect heavenly father and then it's out of that place and that we can start to think about kingdom but you know if it's if it's all just kingdom 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 like you know the danger is people haven't really settled and grounded themselves in their covenant identity so yeah it's it's part of discipleship isn't it it's yep. it's an ongoing journey but learning to hear the voice of god is part of it and encouraging people to listen to those words of love yeah mm.
0: that's good how did you get to a place of being uh, leading accessible prophecy how did you get there saying hey this is a uh, a need for the body of Christ and a need to to ground ourselves in what what does it actually look like uh to have uh prophecy in a way that's not uh, that's actually grounded in who God is um for us
1: gosh well um I think I'd yeah I, I'd have to partly answer that question from a fivefold fold APES perspective
0: uh-huh
1: so so I'm and I'm assuming most of your listeners would be familiar with the fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4 yeah I don't have to go over that too much so yeah from a fivefold perspective I most closely identify with the role of the prophet you know mm-hmm. that, that's my wiring so I think I've always had this thing in me um you know I I want to connect people with god i want to listen to god i want to pursue the presence of god you know that the typical prophetic wirings um and i guess um you know over the years being in churches that encourage that's been really helpful so you know my own growth but um uh, many many years ago um my church leader at the time it, it was an in- interesting conversation actually because they they were looking for a new children's worker mm-hmm. and on paper I looked pretty good I was a former classroom teacher I had three kids of my own a, you know um, committed Christian so on paper I looked pretty good but my church leader at the time he was very wise and discerning and he said to me he said Kath what are you really passionate about? Mm. And straight away I said, oh, the presence of God, worship, prayer, you know, all yeah. these kinds of things. And they said, I don't think being a children's worker is, is what you're after. I think you need to start developing the prophetic in our church. And it mm. was that wow. moment that kind of like the mm. light came on. I thought, yeah, this is what I'm wired for. This <laughs> is what I really, really want to do. So it was that commissioning, yeah. um, spotting, you know, that 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 calling in me Mm. um so I started to yeah go on that journey what does it like what does it mean to be a prophetic church yeah and you know read whatever books I could grab hold of at that time there weren't that many books actually out there on on the prophetic but um just pursued anything I could find that that would help me um, but yeah, for me, it, it, it has always been about how do we do this as a church, and, and 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 for me, that is a key element of of how we keep this ministry grounded and healthy yeah. and sure and recognizing that I think there's something about the prophetic makeup, the prophetic DNA wiring, whatever we call it, that has that oh, tendency towards isolation, towards, right. you know, being a bit of a lone ranger, finding community quite hard. So, yeah, recognising that a healthy prophetic culture, it is about the community. It's never about just individuals, um, but it's it's how we do this together as a church, how we, as a whole body, Recognize that, well, if we want to be like Jesus, you know, part of Jesus was the perfect prophet, yeah. you know. So, what is it like for all of us to go after this, to embrace it? And part of that, it is about, um, uh, you know, um, identifying, discipling, and deploying fivefold prophets, you know, because mm-hmm. they have a particular role to play. In in any church, and you know, shaping prophetic culture around them, but it it's that corporate piece of yeah. How do we do this together? How do we create a culture, an environment where? as a body we are pursuing the presence of god we're keeping in step with the holy spirit we are committed to prayer and authentic worship we are seeking to be a prophetic voice in the society around us we're seeking to reach the marginalized you know all these elements of the prophetic how do we do this as a body so i think that is such a key question it's never about kind of you know yeah, elevating the the individual at the expense of the whole body um, growing in this, and mm. you know I I think um, I so so I look at my my church now um, so I'm I'm a I'm a member of uh, Saint Thomas's Church, Philadelphia in Sheffield in the UK, uh, part of the senior team there, and I, I, over the years and, and as my you know uh, role has grown. Um, we have you know with a church we've pursued many things yep. we we've definitely gone after discipleship and which has been fantastic we've gone after the prophetic we've gone after mission and we have also sought to be a church that serves the poor you know those people mm. experiencing poverty um um and and i think yeah again from a five-fold perspective if all we go after is the prophetic, that's not a healthy culture. You know, yeah. it, it's having the fivefold perspective, so we we can only grow a healthy prophetic culture to the extent that we're also growing a healthy apostolic evangelistic shepherding and teaching culture mm. is the five are meant to go to, together and yep. actually if i if i came across a church where it was all about the prophetic mm-hmm. <laughs> to me there are that, some of those
0: churches out there there, <laughs> there are those <laughs> churches
1: out there but for me that's not a healthy and holistic prophetic culture so it's about the fivefold it's about yeah we're all doing this together yep um it, It's about discipleship, and yeah, you know, for me, mm. this is absolutely key. We can only grow a healthy prophetic culture if we've got the foundation of a high, healthy discipleship culture. Mm. Because with discipleship comes accountability. Yeah. Uh, oh goodness me, accountability is so key for for the prophetic, uh, and discipleship. You know, it, it, it's prime. At the end of the day, discipleship is about here and about I hear and I obey. You know. Yep releasing people to know what jesus is saying to them and and supporting them so they can walk Mm. out into obedience so i think having you know we're a church that for the last 30 years we've been seeking um you know going after discipleship so that has created such a firm foundation Mm. on which to grow a prophetic culture so we absolutely go for the prophetic you know we we pursue it we seek Mm. it we, we love it we encourage it we we seek to um, yeah, um, use the prophetic in all sorts of ways in, in, in our church, but it's got this really strong foundation of discipleship, um, yeah, which just keeps everything really, really healthy. I think
0: that's good to keep it healthy. What, so what does an unhealthy um, prophetic culture look like so that we could balance it out a little bit, know where... Hey, if we're going off the rails a little bit, this is where we're going off the rails. What does unhealthy prophetic look like?
1: Yeah, well, I, I, it wouldn't have accountability. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I, I think you, you don't have to look too far, unfortunately, to see prophetic ministries where there isn't that level of accountability. So, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I've had to learn time and time again is that. I will never have like the 360 degree understanding of what God is saying. You know, I right. need other people walking alongside me. You know, so my my husband is a five-fold apostle. And and just, you know, conversations I have with him when I, yeah, this is what I think God's saying, but having his perspective mm-hmm. is is so helpful. So yeah, yeah, accountability, you know, if we haven't got accountability, um, I think. Submission to leadership, I, I mean, you know, good, healthy, robust yeah. submission is important. Um, uh, yeah. Um, unhealthy prophetic culture, as I said, it would be elevating those prophets, you know, putting them on, on, on such a pedestal that, you know, that they can say what they want and nobody's going to mm. challenge it. You know, we always yeah. have to, um be able to bring healthy channel a challenge and alongside that an unhealthy prophetic culture would be one where people don't know how to weigh and discern you know the Mm -hmm. new testament makes it very clear that all prophecy has to be weighed and tested and and discerned So, yeah, we have to teach people how to do that. People don't automatically know how to do it. So we have to teach people what that looks like. So unhealthy prophetic culture would be a lack of discernment, a lack of weighing and testing. And, you know, there's such a danger, isn't there, of, you know, if the leader says something, well, it must be true. If our, you know, major prophetic voice says something, it must be true. But everything has to be weighed and tested. Um yeah, and 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 I think I don't know, you, you can just feel and and you you just pick up on un- unhealthiness, you know, there's a lack of mm. humility, there's um there's a lack of gentleness. I think just sitting and looking at all the ways in which Jesus was just this perfect ultimate prophet, you know, if it doesn't feel Jesus-y, then you know, yeah. alarm bit bells start to ring. And I think as well, the a lack of a balance between what we call you know vertical prophetic and horizontal prophetic so mm. you know alan hirsch writes about that in the five q but i've i i'm just in the in the process of finishing off my own book that's coming out soon about about uh the prophetic and and i talk a lot in that book about you know in scripture we see this uh, see really clearly that um the prophetic it is it's got this, hor- it's got, sorry, it's got this vertical dimension, first of all, which, you know, is is pursuing the presence of God, worship, pray, you know, um, just, yeah, he- hearing God for personal transformation, yeah. but there's also this very strong horizontal um, theme um in prophetic literature you know in the prophetic expression in the bible which is about god's concerns in the world around us you know so the prophetic court of social justice um you know um being a prophetic voice in society being prepared Mm. to challenge the status quo so i would say an unhealthy prophetic culture is one that is all about the vertical or all about the horizontal and hasn't got that balance you know we we need balance so I'm really pleased that for my church in Sheffield you know yes we've gone after the vertical we're very strong in the vertical but we we've also over the years um built this amazing ministry called Restore Ministries which Mm -hmm. seeks to reach out to the you know the um the least the last the lost in sheffield you know yeah. people experiencing poverty uh asylum seekers refugees you know we run food banks we run all sorts mm. of incredible things and helping the church see that this is as much part of our prophetic ministry as wow right. lovely worship services and yeah. prayer meetings and you know all that kind of thing so yeah they're, they're just a, yeah I, I hope that helps answer the question. <laughs> yeah,
0: that helps a lot. I mean and it really helps to see the difference and the correlation between the the vertical and the horizontal prophetic that, you know, if we're going after the least last and lost it should lead us straight back into our covenant relationship with God, back into prayer and worship and saying, okay God, what are you doing? How are you doing this and like Lifting those people up and you know, prayer and worship should always go after the lost. Um, yeah. you know, where you know, Jesus himself said, I came to seek and save the lost, right? That's that was what he came for. And so, part of what we do is that if we're worshiping and we're hearing from God, he's saying, Okay, there's some lost people, go. Um, and it's not just don't just stay here. Um, I want you to go after the people that I'm going after. Um, so that's that's really good, beautiful. What does it look like for a, for a church saying, okay, oh, I finally just realized that we actually don't have much of a prophetic culture uh, in our church. We're, we're not seeing it. It's not communal. We just have a, a few wayward prophets off to the side, and we don't know what to do with them. What are some some steps that we could take, a church could take, to start to build a prophetic culture?
1: Wow. Well, um, yes, uh, the, the, there are lots of aspects to this. I mean, to, to, to be honest, if you get in touch with Accessible Prophecy, we've got some great training. I don't know if I'm allowed to throw in a little Yes, there, you are. But... <laughs> so that's exactly
0: what you do. You just go to Accessible <laughs> yeah. Prophecy. Yeah, you get some training and then yeah, build yeah. a prophetic culture
1: absolutely because <laughs> part of our as a ministry we we have a twofold vision so the first part of that is to help every single follower of Jesus learn how to hear his voice but the second part of the vision is to help every single church grow a healthy prophetic culture mm. and and that second part actually it's the more challenging because it's what it's it's easy working with individuals but actually taking a church a whole church and talking about culture change can be yeah it can be quite um challenging but it you know i i love I, i love doing it and i'm convinced that every single expression of the body of christ around the world um can go on this journey and grow a healthy prophetic culture you know so we work with all sorts of denomination streams, yeah. play, flavors of the church. Um, I think one of the key things, one of the starting points is we 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 have to think through language and the language that we're going to um, mm. use. Is that familiar saying language creates culture? And recognizing that, yeah, well, we're working out what's the best language to use here, because they can be quite unhelpful language and depending on the type of church it is depending on you know um the type of culture it is certain words can actually act as red flags and be quite unhelpful so Mm -hmm. you know i i work with churches i work with people for whom even words like prophet and prophecy are quite negative you know they have negative connotations um and if that's the case then well, what language would be much more helpful? So rather than talking about prophecy, we can talk about listening prayer. You know, right. that's that's often a much safer language yeah. to use. Very few people would have issues with the idea of listening prayer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, working out what's going to be the best language to use here. Um, I think that's that that's a a, a really key step. I think um uh part of the journey of developing a healthy prophetic culture, it, it is about having the fivefold conversation, having the apex conversation and just catching a c- casting a vision that this is for the church today all these gifts are for the church but it's not just for individuals it, you know we as a church can go after an apostolic culture prophetic culture evangelistic yeah. shepherding teaching culture so i think that gives a that's a really good starting point as well um and then from that you can have the conversation well you know in our church of 100 200 500 people you know jesus will have shaped some of us prophetically mm-hmm. so how going on that, that that journey as a church of helping everybody work out how they are shaped from a fivefold yeah. point of view and then starting to to gather together um, your fivefold prophets mm. some of whom probably have never had any clue all their lives that actually they're, they're a prophet yeah. um, I mean that's one of the things I love doing you know uh, helping people realize that wow this is me this is how Jesus has made, made me to be mm. it's incredible um, and then looking about how we can start to disciple them and how we can release them and deploy them to be the blessing that Jesus has designed them to be and a, and a big part of that is 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 releasing and deploying them to shape the culture yeah um so that 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 would be something as well and then just you know looking at um what sort of you know teaching would be really helpful to uh to bring here but always that the message we are um sending out there is this is for everybody this is not an exclusive ministry just for a few super mm. spiritual people this is for everybody everybody can learn how to hear god for themselves yeah um and i think as as leaders there's something really key about am i prepared to model this mm. am i prepared to go on this journey myself and um i i think in many ways um you know if a senior leader isn't a fivefold prophet that's brilliant because that they can then just be really open and honest about the journey that they themselves are going on you know okay i'm wired as a teacher but as you know i as a disciple of jesus i want to learn more about the prophetic i i want to dive deep into what jesus says in john 10 my sheep hear my voice Mm, you know i want to learn how to hear jesus's voice and being really transparent as a leader and sharing testimony, and sharing the ups and downs, yeah. and, you know, just standing up on a Sunday and saying, well, I stepped out a little bit this week, and mm-hmm. I and I sat down, and I listened to God for my next-door neighbor, and God gave me this, and, you yeah. know, just sharing those stories, and making it normal, making it down to earth, trying to demystify yeah, it, um, and recognize, I think it's so important to recognize that i think i mean i'm probably biased but of the fivefold <laughs> i think the prophetic is the one that's least understood yep yeah the apostolic you know maybe but I, I i think there are so many misconceptions about the prophetic you know people hear the word prophet and they associated they associate it with a particular stereotype old testament stereotype you know yeah. a bit of doom, the prophet of judgment um so or somebody
0: if, that's just eats locusts and yeah 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 yeah
1: absolutely you know and to be honest you know even today there are not you know there are some really unhelpful examples of Mm -hmm. prophets around you know so it's demystifying it it's making it normal yeah how do we normalize hearing Mm. God's voice and and then how can we bring this listening prayer this perspective into all aspects of church life so what would it look like before you know before a service yeah we gather to pray before a sunday service but what would it look like if we just you know sat or stood there in silence for five minutes and just said holy spirit what are you saying about our service Mm. today you know um in senior leadership meetings rather than going straight into the agenda okay what what would it look like if we all just sat and, and listened to god for five minutes you know so there's all sorts of ways that we can bring this in um you know we've taught our kids how, yeah we, we, within our church we've taught our kids how to hear god's voice we've prophesied over the business leaders in our church yeah. we've prophesied over families you know there's all it's a wonderful gift
0: yeah that that is. we all
1: learn to do it we just need to normalize it and demystify it
0: so. yeah and i think you know to do that uh across the board as a whole church and as a whole community is really important you know this last fall our church um you know, we meet in homes three times a week and then we meet all together once a month. Um, and usually what happens is, you know, the the lead team comes and creates some home church resources that people could use. And, you know, we follow something here's the scripture for the for the day. And, you know, discuss that. And and uh, but in the fall, what we did was said, OK, we're not going to give anybody any resources and you're just going to sit and wait and listen to the holy spirit and let the holy spirit take the take shape what's going to happen in the home and it was a beautiful thing all across the city we had people in homes that were hearing from god uh, some people brought songs, some people brought a word, some people brought scriptures, sometimes we we prophesied over people, we needed to pray for people. Um, there was all sorts of incredible expressions of what God was doing because we gave space for him. and yeah. oftentimes we don't give space yeah. um, to hear from God and let him, lead us and guide us Um, and it's it's kind of uh, a little bit of hubris to say hey I'll give us I'll I'll write the plan and this is how we're going to do God work
1: yeah instead
0: of being humble and saying here God you lead
1: (laughs) yeah it's about creating the pause and we can do that you know on a very small scale throughout our day you know just creating a little bit of pause i was talking about that you know earlier but how do we do that as a church how do we create the space and i think um what, what if i could mention one more thing about you yeah. know culture and, and just bouncing off what you said joshua i think teaching people who the holy spirit is you know mm-hmm. t- creating a church culture of friendship relationship fellowship with the holy spirit is absolutely key yeah. um you know it's one of my favorite things to talk about to teach about um uh because i think again there's so many misconceptions out there people you know i've i've coached and trained people who have never had any teaching on the holy spirit mm-hmm. they're very wary um you know he's a third person of the trinity yeah. and he's given to us yeah, he's <laughs> so the one with us, he's, 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 with here. us. <laughs> he's here yeah he's the to, to quote I think it's Brian Cook he's the resident genius of heaven mm. he has the answer to every question we could possibly ask he has a solution to every problem we face
0: yeah.
1: so it, it's just shifting people's mindsets and experience so that well if holy spirit's here i can ask him he's my Mm. friend you know he's the other friend he's the one that Jesus said it's better that i go back to the father so i can send you the other friend and you know it's one of the greatest joys of my um walk as a disciple just discovering the riches of my real you know um the potential the joy uh, of relationship with holy spirit it's absolutely incredible yeah um so i would you know if we're talking about culture change growing a healthy prophetic culture a key part of that is you know it, enabling everybody to develop that close personal relationship with mm. with holy spirit yeah
0: yeah so give us one little mind shift or something that we need to do to create a friendship with holy spirit
1: yeah well i think it you know it's simple but it's that intentionality to bring him into your day-to-day life so even just at the start of every day saying you know it's a bit cheesy but even like good morning holy spirit Mm. um you know i'm at the beginning of every day i try and say you know holy spirit um i just want more of you I, I you know i start the day by saying father i thank you that you know you give scripture says you give the spirit without limit please mm-hmm. fill me today to the very brim um and just kind of honoring him and mm-hmm. remembering his here and you know a key part of that is choosing to submit to the holy spirit because yeah. he is the best friend we could possibly imagine and you read through the new testament and see all the incredible things he does in the life of the disciple it is amazing mm-hmm. but the other <laughs> the other side of the coin is that as jesus models for us in the gospels we are to follow the holy spirit you know we are to keep in step with him so there's that there's that um discipleship um yeah. pattern of okay holy spirit i'm handing the car keys over to you today i want you to be in the in the driving seat and and choosing to to listen out for his little prompts and nudges throughout the day because he doesn't tend to shout really loud you okay. know he, he'll just give you those little nudges that's oh right okay you want me to stop what i'm doing and go and do this now okay and so yeah choosing to follow him um, just praying every day, Holy Spirit. I want to keep in step with you today. So I think it's just building that kind of relationship into the day to day pattern yeah, of our That's lives. So good.
0: That's so good. I I hope everybody will take that um, and start to to build that friendship uh, relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, it's going to transform your life.
1: It, it is. Really is. It, is. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I. I have a really big vision and I think I would always encourage people to have a big vision for their life, for their family, for the church, for their ministry. You know, the kingdom is a place of big visions. But at the end of the day, um, it's about a daily walk Mm. with, with the Lord so it's big vision but small obedient steps yeah. and we can have the biggest vision in the world but if we're not making that daily choice to okay holy spirit i'm following you today then those visions will never be be realized mm. or they'll get muddied and yep. dirted and messed up yeah. so yeah, yeah big vision but small obedient steps every day <laughs> excellent
0: so good well, Kath, I have a couple questions okay. at the end. Number one is, if you go back to your 21-year-old self, what advice would you give? Oh, my
1: goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I, You know, I think it would be something about the Holy Spirit. I think when I was 21, I was just learning about the Holy Spirit. Um But... I, I yeah i think it would just be yeah go for it run run mm-hmm. um pursue relationship um yeah just yeah so no, no fear just mm-hmm. run and keep in step with the spirit of almighty god yeah nice
0: and beautiful um and uh, anything you've been reading or watching lately that you could recommend
1: oh gosh now I, I I'm an introvert processor, so you should have asked. <laughs> uh, um, what have I read? I tell I tell you what. Now this um, it's a book that I bought years ago, and as as a ministry, as as a team, as a, as a global team, we we've been thinking a lot about prayer. We've been thinking also a lot about spiritual warfare, recognizing that you know, the enemy's strategy is to stop the children of God hearing God's voice. You know, yeah. the, the enemy does not want Christians to hear the voice of Jesus because he knows <laughs> he knows what will happen. If, yeah. if if every Christian could hear the voice of God really clearly, he knows that's not going to be <laughs> good news for the kingdom of darkness. So we, you know, as, as a ministry, we've been talking a lot about prayer, about how we um, yeah, um, pray for each other how we pray prayers of protection, how we engage in, in spiritual warfare, um, recognising the nature of the battle we're in. And I've been looking for some really good resources yeah. on spiritual warfare, knowing that there's, there's a mixture of stuff out right. there. Um, and I, grab, I I found a book that I, um, I had to kind of search with it, uh, search for it a little bit in the depths of one of my bookcases, uh, and it, it came out probably about 15 years ago. It's called Our Eyes Fixed on Jesus, mm. A Sideways Look at Spiritual Warfare by um, Guy Chevreau. I don't know if it's is it Guy or Guy, Guy, Guy Um And I've read that in the last few weeks, and I'm going to reread it. And mm. it's so helpful. What I love about it is, yeah, it's looking at spiritual warfare, spiritual conflict. But it's that reminder that actually the main thing we do is just keep our eyes on Jesus. We keep worshiping Jesus. We keep praying to Jesus. Um, Yeah, you know, the devil's there, but we don't have to fear. Um, You know, there are strategies that we can gauge. You know, there's some really good biblical strategies, but at the end of the day, we just keep our eyes fixed Mm. on Jesus. We sing our worship to Jesus and the devil will go away. So that's a very yeah version of it but I found that's such a really good book to revisit in recent weeks
0: yeah I love it when uh when is your new book gonna come out
1: <gasps> that's a good question <laughs> I am um, <laughs> I've been plowing through the edits for the last few months um hopefully sometime later this year yeah okay yeah. great yeah.
0: great and uh and now you have uh another book uh that people could check out that's already yes. out
1: Yes, it's called My Sheep Have Ears. You can find it on Amazon and places like that. And yeah, it's a great book for anybody perhaps just starting off, you know, what does it mean to hear God's voice? So it's really good for the beginner, but it's also good for people who've been pursuing the prophetic for for years and years and years. Uh, But it's largely focused on our individual growth, um, how everybody and anybody can can learn to um, pursue hearing god's voice pursue prophetic ministry my new book is more about what it means to be a prophetic church so it's more of the kind of big picture mm-hmm. how do we do this as a church Good. um yeah so my sheep have ears you'll be able to find it if you google it
0: excellent and then people could connect with you at accessibleprophecy.com. is that correct? yeah
1: yeah absolutely right. and we we do all sorts of training coaching resources webinars you know there's lots of um yeah uh, uh, resources on the website and you can contact me at any time by email you know there's an email address on the website as well um no matter which time zone you're in we've got people <laughs> around the world who can <laughs> connect with you and offer some fantastic training whether whether you're an individual wanting to uh, learn more or whether you're a church so yeah
0: Excellent. Well, Kath, it was a privilege to talk to you. It was so good. um, And uh, it made me want to go and hang out with Holy Spirit. So that's, I think you did your job. So that was great. Thank Thank you.
1: It's been a joy. Thanks, Joshua.